This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to The Alter Tapes, a weekly podcast dedicated to alter horror shorts with a rotating series of guest hosts. I'm Joe, and I'm joined by the effervescent Jamie. Hi, Jamie. (laughs) Hi, that's the nicest compliment. Thank you. I want everyone to describe me in fun adjectives like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seemed only right that we're talking about such a fun short when the two of us are so joyous because... Yeah, folks, we're talking about director Liam Walsh's You Missed a Spot from 2020. And in case you haven't watched this short, it is a like easy breezy, what, 13, 14 minutes? It's, yeah, it's right at 12. It's at 12, 12. And the only reason I notice is because that's such a specific timestamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you haven't watched this, the short is... Uh, so if you haven't watched this, the logline for the short is... In a world where everyone is a clown, a mime must defeat a masked killer to save the girl of his dreams. Jamie, what did you think of this short? Oh my god, I loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. It was such a gonzo, like, experiment in physical comedy mixed with horror. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that this different versions of clowns had different rules. Like, there was... Right. The more slapstick clown. There was, of course, the mimes, which become sort of the hero of the story and the villain. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated, you know, a good theater dell'arte reference thrown in here and there. It was it was <laughs> deeply appreciated as a, just a total nerd. Yeah, I, ten out of ten for this short. What a unique story. Right? Yeah. I've had the pleasure of reviewing this as part of the Salem Horror Fest shorts block last year. Like I was Mm. on uh, the selection committee to determine which shorts should be shown at the festival, which is a delight. Like, it just meant I, oh no, had to watch a bunch of shorts and then decide which (laughs) ones were the best. Uh, Just the worst. (laughs) It was the worst. But this was absolutely one that I fell in love with, and I thought it was so fun and clever, mostly because it doesn't tip its hand early on. So you watch the short and you think that it's just people at like a Halloween party or a costume party, and then you realize, oh, the entire world is made up of clowns. (laughs) It's all clowns all the way down. Uh, I think the moment that I realized that everyone was a clown was when they first cut to the band. And it took mm-hmm. me a second because her shirt, instead of saying dare, says bear. And then it says keep kids off balloons. I cackled <laughs> from the depth of my soul. And I was like, I really hope they like auction that off for as a Kickstarter item or something. I mean, it was genius. And I realized, oh, every single person is a clown at this party and in mm-hmm. this world. This is wild. <laughs> Yeah, because our in, our introduction to this is very standard horror movie fare, right? We've got yeah. a couple of guys who are out 
on the porch of a house party and it seems like they're drinking and maybe like, oh, they're going to be smoking a J or something. And instead they hit a helium balloon. (laughs) And he's like, dude, your voice is so high. Uh, and I, I still didn't, I was like, maybe there's something in the helium that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just such a drug virgin, virgin that like, I just, I was like, oh, maybe they're doing their equivalent of poppers. Who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that just really killed me. And then it clicked for me again. You know, like I said, when they cut to the band and then the stoner clown who mm-hmm. just reminds me of a young Randy from Scream, just that specific character. I could not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the main crux of the short is that there is a masked killer who is attacking the clowns at this house party. And the way that you hurt or kill people in the world of this short is you rub off their makeup. (laughs) I mean, that could have been really deep if he even meant it. You know, just on the surface level, that's a very slapstick, funny way to quote unquote die. Mm-hmm. But on like a deep level, I could see someone analyzing this and saying like, oh, when we remove our mask, what's left of mm-hmm. us? You know, like <laughs> I just I really appreciated the use of makeup in this. I, the makeup was its own character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I, I imagine the short would be very triggering if people don't like clowns. One of the things <laughs> that I like is that the clown makeup is it's fairly sparse, like it's just on the face. It's kind of low key. Everybody's got a white kind of foundation and then people accentuated in different areas. So like it's a colorful dot on the nose. It's like an accentuated mouth. I would say none of it is scary makeup. Um, no. And then, of course, the the big distinguishing characteristic of our main character who is named Ike on IMDb, but I don't think is ever actually named in the short, played by Michael Lyons. Uh, He's a mime. So of course his makeup is only black and white compared to everybody else who has like pops of red and blue. Yeah. It was really interesting that that's how he was, you know, differentiated from everyone else. And honestly, this film, this opening scene specifically just looked like, Hot Topic circa the Mm -hmm. Heath Ledger Joker Batman movie. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, I was getting hard Harley Quinn vibes off of uh, his love interest, Mindy. Yes, Mindy was adorable. What a... a, That's such a cute... Yeah, so cute and like such a good use of, I think, that trope, you know, reminds me so much of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and the Battle of the Bands and everything. Yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I mean... Did you notice, too, that um, for me, it felt like he was clearly supposed to be the, you know, the outcast of the situation because they're making fun of him for having a crush on Mindy and everything. But Mm -hmm. it was interesting to me that him being silent and a mime was ultimately what saved him. And I was getting kind of, you know, the school shooter, you know, you want to be nice to that person. So maybe they spare you vibes that people sort of make dark jokes about. Hmm. That's a little bit grim. I'll confess I didn't think about it. But yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> what what sets him apart from everybody else is ultimately the thing that makes him powerful. Like, you can obviously read a traditional sort of final girl into this. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely the outcast of this group. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's so funny you said that it was grim because that's just exactly where my brain goes. Uh, hence why we're uh, here. And <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I did love to, when it cut to the sheriff, I don't know why I wasn't expecting anyone else to have on clown makeup, even though we'd already mm-hmm. established that everyone was a clown. But just the old man in the clown makeup sent me. <laughs> what a good, tr- it was such a good, smooth cut, too. Um, and he's just, you know, struggling to, I guess, communicate the uh, the situation. And I love that the deputy comes up behind the sheriff and she just nails it. She's like, oh, there's a killer in a house and his girlfriend's in danger. <laughs> just <laughs> reminded me very much of Lassie, you know, little Timmy fell down a well. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that actor did a phenomenal job, the sheriff. I don't have the IMDb pulled up right in front of me, but I mean, just wonderful, wonderful physicality. Reminded me of the mm-hmm. sheriff in the, I know I keep throwing out references, but this is how my uh, my brain was tracking things as I was watching. He reminds me of the sheriff in the Fansville commercials for Dr. Pepper that they play during football season. Uh, there's like <laughs> okay. a handful of, yeah, there's like a handful of people listening that will actually know what I'm talking about, but um, it's a very CW style of sheriff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got such a, a craggly face, so the actor is Hap Lawrence, and yes. he's got that kind of hound dog, almost like I would describe it like a bloodhound, where he's older, so it's a little bit droopy, he's got yes. some like age lines on it, but with the makeup filled in, he looks almost sad and kind of dour. Like, as you said, it's a very Commedia del Morte kind of thing. Yes. I got that wrong, exa- didn't I? <laughs> it's okay. It's Commedia del Morte. <laughs> That's so there pretentious <laughs> of me. No, it's so pretentious, but it's just what it reminded me of. But it's the the idea that you use these archetypes to tell the story, and you always only mm-hmm. use those specific archetypes, which works so well for horror because, again, I think putting yourself in that world of these people are all clowns. It's that old uh, saying of, you know, you put constraints on your creativity to make yourself more creative. So you tell yourself, I can only do this many kills, or I have to have this kind of villain in the story, and it has to play by these rules. And in the end, it makes your your whole story more creative. And it absolutely did with this one. I would have never in a million years on my, you know, most under the influence day been like, wow, do you know what would be funny? (laughs) if a clown died when you wiped his makeup off. <laughs> I just, what, a, what an intense, you know, uh, series of, of events to create this story. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I like so much about this is that if you remove the clown aspect from this, this becomes a very conventional slasher serial killer kind of story, right? Mm -hmm. So the entire premise of this hinges on how successful you find the integration of a world of clowns into a very conventional narrative. And for me, it is just so utterly delightful how we're subverting tropes sheerly by saying everybody's a clown, Makeup is now uh, all about, like, protecting your health. Like, the biggest laugh I get in this short is where she goes for the first aid (laughs) kit and it just says makeup. (laughs) (laughs) If nothing else, I love the little moments like that because shortly after that, when the sheriff does arrive at the house, the second biggest laugh for me was the sheriff hands the mime a radio and he just looks at it mm-hmm. 
He's like, what do you want me to do with this? Right. But he still ends up finding a way. He uses Morse code later on. And you're like, genius. Yes. yes, it was so well done. And just, I think this short accomplished what a lot of general comedy, not even horror comedy, mm-hmm. kind of misses the mark on sometimes, which is let it be a beat. Let that comedic moment be a beat. And then even if it takes the audience a second or two to get it, it's okay. Because it, it mm-hmm. did take me a second. And then I saw him like frantically pressing, you know, the button, like you said, to make it do Morse code. And I, that made me laugh all over again. You know, it's the only way he can communicate. And then, of course, after the sheriff arrives and he's trying to alert him that the killer is still in the house, thanks to Mindy, we find that the killer is also a mime, which really mm-hmm. threw me off. Uh, I mean, we had seen his eyes. We had a very... Um, Halloween ends moment right, right. with the killer <laughs> and, and the other mime. But finding out that the killer was a mime and he has this manifesto of the world is so loud and imagine if everyone communicated mm-hmm. like us was so interesting. Yeah, I, I loved that the motivation totally makes sense for who mimes are in this world filled with, you know, loud, outgoing, regular clowns. But then also, they have their own ability to understand each other simply through body language because they're both mimes and they're both always silent. Yes. (laughs) The subtitles (laughs) in like the French noir style were also incredible Mm -hmm. for the mimes. (laughs) Very fitting. Yeah, I, I mean, I know early on you said the physicality of this is part of what works. And then I think also the comedic timing, like taking that beat, but not too long. Like it's just enough that by the time you're sort of processing it and laughing, the short is moving on. It's not sort of waiting for you to get it. And then, oh, God, OK, now we're waiting for that extra two or five beats or something like a lot of horror comedies sometimes do. Yeah, exactly. I think that adds seconds to the scene which winds up being minutes to the movie which winds up being mm-hmm. harder to edit in the long run and i think you know being on both sides of the camera has kind of given me that lens to view things with metaphorically and literally it's just really interesting mm-hmm. to me <laughs> again that creating a short is actually in my opinion you have to be more creative than creating a feature because you have significantly less runtime and you have these constraints Mm -hmm. again i just keep coming back to the idea of this very constrained you know one or two locations very strict rules of the world i don't know right it's a good time (laughs) i mean i think the other thing in addition to everything you just said about how you need to be concise you're you're trying to do more with less time probably less money fewer locations and all that kind of stuff i find you you need to be really solid on what your concept is because shorts are usually about like one idea right like in this case world of clown slasher yeah but it's like that could still really easily fall flat if you overplay your hand, overstay your welcome, if you don't have interesting things to do. So the sight gigs, the physicality, the comedic timing, and then this short to me mostly knows when to end. I actually think I would have trimmed that last scene because I actually find that that last joke doesn't work as strongly as the rest of the short to me. I'm so glad you brought that up. 
we'll go back and talk about the mime fight after this because I do want to briefly mm-hmm. discuss it. But I agree because when that last scene started happening and we had that moment of, you know, they say you guys are in big trouble, I was confused for a moment. I didn't understand mm-hmm. really what was going on. And then when he's, the, you know, he goes, well, let me explain in his mime way. And he starts to move right. his hands. But then you cut away as soon as he starts doing that. It didn't land for me. And that's pretty much my only critique Mm-mm. of this whole short. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's extra disappointing because it's what you leave the short with. Like, that's your last memory of this amazing, like, otherwise amazing short. It's got this kind of just a bit of a dud ending that you think you could have trimmed that. Just... Why not end the short when we blow the hole in this villain and then everybody's happy? Like, I don't think we actually needed a final joke. I think we could have ended with heart. Agreed. Agreed. And the moment of Mindy kissing him and her bandmate waking up and everything. I just, what a, like you said, what a wonderful note to end on. I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. the addition of that last scene was almost a moment of look at how much more we could do with this as if this was a proof of concept because mm-hmm. i think the mistake a lot of people make when watching shorts is they assume they're all a proof of concept and right with this it's its own contained thing you can just watch this mm-hmm. and just appreciate this and not that i wouldn't love an entire 30 minute section of just two mimes fighting with invisible <laughs> weapons <laughs> Sent me straight to hell. I was dying. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, we we haven't really talked about the sound design because a lot of the time, you know, this is from Ike's perspective. So to a certain extent, it's a bit quiet. Like, I'm terrible with sound, so I don't remember if we have a great score with this. But usually it either has to be, like, really fantastic or kind of distracting or different to make me pay attention. But the sound effects when we are doing this mime fight because yeah folks once again if you have not seen this there are no actual weapons but the implications the stakes are there so at one point uh somebody like whips off their belt and lashes out and you hear the indiana jones kind of whips crack yeah But, like, we are breaking ceramic bowls when, you know, people dodge. I think the one that kills me the most is where they try to chase each other around the invisible box, which is, of course, yes. what we always assign mimes with being like, <laughs> oh, I'm putting my hands out like I'm going around a wall or an object. <laughs> that was genius. Just they both were rotating around it and using it as this shield. And Mm -hmm. then the chainsaw, what a genius effect. (laughs) He, so like like Joe said, if you haven't seen this, they rev the slasher mime, the killer, starts making the motion like he's revving a chainsaw. And of course, he's not actually holding one, but we hear it. And then someone in the comments of this on YouTube said, the mime fight scene just proved that he could have used a gun the whole time if he wanted to, which is true. But I think (sighs) sort of, yeah, I, I think it actually breaks a rule of the short, which is mm-hmm. the violence. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we never see anything that's overtly violent until Mm-mm. until the villain right. gets shot, uh, which is this cartoonish, yeah. very death becomes her shotgun through the middle yes. of the body. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yeah, the camera is literally peering through the hole just like Death Becomes Her. But also the hole is giant. It seems to like take up this this villain's entire stomach and chest cavity. <laughs> Although there is a, I don't know if it was a mistake or not. It's just something I kind of peeked over the corner of my eye. When he's on the ground later, he's whole again, which mm-hmm. just is even more absurd. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is so... I just loved it. And I guess mm-hmm. my final sort of, if I had to do a, an elevator pitch for this to investors, I would say that this is Who Framed Roger Rabbit meets a slasher. Mm. Yes, yes. It, it really does have that slapsticky, almost irreverence, but also it's a world that you're familiar with, tweaked just enough to make it uniquely different. Yes, it was beautiful. Again, I think the ending was the only thing that... Not soured, but again, maybe it was a little bit of a disappointment, like you said. So overall, mm-hmm. this was still a four and a half out of five for me. The uniqueness alone, yeah. uh, you know, in the words of one of my favorite shows, the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent of this short was tens across the board. <laughs> yeah, this one is just delightful. I, you know, I've had conversations with a couple of other co-hosts about how horror comedy isn't always my jam. Same. I'm very much like a dry UK, like British kind of humor. So this is actually hitting my sweet spot. I think it's smart, dumb comedy. Like it's so silly and wacky, but it just really hits me in the funny bone. Like. And also, these characters are so super cute. Like, it's just the right amount of heartfelt saccharin. Yes, it was definitely a little meta, which is, of course, going to hook me every time. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, I mean, that was kind of my overall thoughts on it, truly. Like, just, it's a good time, and I want everyone to watch this. I've already followed the director on Twitter and told him how much I loved it. <laughs> yeah folks as always you know i realize we i think recommend the short probably 98 percent of the time on these episodes but the reality is is that they're a good time and like at 12 minutes this is just the right amount it's like you're making a meal you could watch this you're getting dressed just like throw it on it's so cute and very very fun agreed what a good time Mm mm-hmm All right. So, Jamie, if people want to talk to you about You Missed a Spot, how would they get in touch? Yes, I am at Glitter Burrito on Twitter, and my podcast is at Bloody Broads Pod on all social media. Fantastic. Make sure you go and give them a follow and a listen. And where can they find you, Joe? I am at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And then, of course... Well, I'll just say, like, follow me there because I've got, like, too many podcasts to list at this point. So but uh, we'll give a shout out to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. But, uh, yeah, that is it for us this week. Stay tuned next week. There will be new hosts and a new short. So make sure you keep subscribing to the Alter Tapes. Squad.